welcome to today's episode of the Earwig Review. This is, I think, the sixth take on trying to get this thing going today. Um, I don't know why, but maybe this is the one. Um, let me open. I want to talk about a poem I read um, this week by Philip Larkin. And um, I think I was up at some strange hour, maybe in the three range. Um, trying to, I think I was, I woke up from some dream and uh, couldn't sleep. So I was reading this book and this one poem stuck out to me. I don't really know why. Um, and I vaguely even remember what it was. Uh, it's called church going. Once I'm sure there's nothing going on, I step inside, letting the door thud shut. Another church, matting, seats, and stone, and little books, sprawling, sprawlings of flowers, cut for Sunday, brownish now, some brass and stuff, up at the holy end, the small, neat organ, and a tense, musty, ignorable, unignorable silence. Brood God knows how long. Hatless, I take off my cycle clips in awkward reverence. Move forward, run my hand around the font. From where I stand, the roof looks almost new, cleaned or restored. Someone would know, I don't. Mounting the lectern, I peruse a few hectoring large-scale verses and pronounce here in death much more loudly than I'd meant. The echoes snigger briefly. Back at the door, I sign the book, donate an Irish sixpence, reflect the place was not worth stopping for. Yet stop I did. In fact, I often do. And always end much at a loss like this. Wondering what to look for. Wondering, too, when churches fall completely out of use. What we shall turn them into. If we shall keep a few cathedrals chronically on show their parchment plate and picks in locked cases and let the rest rent free to rain and sheep. Shall we avoid them as unlucky places? Or after will dubious women come to make their children touch a particular stone, pick simples for a cancer, or on some advised night see walking a dead one? Power of some sort or other will go on and games and riddles, seemingly at random, but superstition, like belief, must die. And what remains when disbelief has gone? Grass, weedy pavement, brambles, buttress, sky. A shape less recognizable each week, a purpose more obscure. I wonder who will be the last, the very last to seek this place for what it was. One of the crew, the tap and jaw and no what Rudloff's were. Some ruined bibber, randy for antique, or Christmas addict counting on a whiff of gown and bands and organ pipes and myrrh. Or will he, he be my representative, bored, uninformed, knowing the ghostly silt 
dispersed yet tending to this cross of ground through, through suburb scrub because it held unsplit so long as equally what sense is found only in separation, marriage and birth and death and thoughts of these for which was built this special shell for though I have no idea what this accoutred frosty barn is worth it pleases me to stand in silence here a serious house on serious earth it is in whose blent air all our compulsions meet are recognized and robed as destinies and that much never can be obsolete since someone will forever be surprising a hunger in himself to be more serious and gravitating with it to this ground which he once heard was proper to grow wise in. If only that, so many dead lie round. Church Going by Philip Larkin. Um, I didn't grow up Christian. I'm not a Christian. I've been in maybe two or three churches in my whole life. Well, maybe like let's say closer to 10 if I think of all the tourist attractions in Europe or whatever um, and some of that I completely don't understand but I felt like other parts of it um, I connected a lot with somehow I think just the point of view of just kind of knowing there was once kind of a worth or a value to um, to a lot of these old monuments and knowing that maybe they've become obsolete um, but but I think wishing that there was um, romanticizing what they might have been um, I think it's a pretty common outlook, um, I guess a lot to say about that and what it is. And I guess like, you know, thinking of faith as a theme in general, and, um, I, I, this is all I'll say is I think that we, I would imagine it's a, it's a, something you have to practice if you want to get good at it. Um, and I think we mostly just look at a lot of these old buildings and think that they're just basically outdated and we think we're kind of, you know, better than it. But... Um, if I really think about it, it's probably always felt like that. It's, you know, it's, it's just part of the territory. And uh, I'm not a particularly religious or even spiritual person. Um, but I suppose in a way I wish that I was. And I feel like that sentiment is kind of beneath... Um, written into this poem when I when I read it that's like um, what I kind of took from it it's almost like being born into a world that 
was already basically over all of that stuff, but you were kind of, but you, but you still learn about it and you're like, is there something there or not? I'm <laughs> confused. Anyway, um, I thought that was a cool poem and uh, a bit of a longer one. Most of his poems are actually, I don't know if that's even true. Um, some of them are form wise, I guess it's, it seems like a bit of a longer one um compared to his others but it's good and the the tone of it's really feels really naturalistic to me aside from you know the words i don't understand in it but in general like the the point of view um it feels very i guess familiar to to me somehow so i, I enjoyed reading what i did of this this book this week and uh, it's not due for a couple of weeks. So I can keep plugging along. Um, okay. Let's, I want to get into what I wrote this week. Um, let's start with um, one called I Can See Its Face. Last night, we were driving, and my wife pointed out the moon. I can see its face, she said. I looked up and thought, oh yeah, that guy. For a moment, I thought I knew the guy. As I looked back towards the road, I realized that I'm not sure I know that guy. In a way, it is similar to seeing yourself in the mirror. Somehow, despite knowing... How well you know that guy, you're still left unsure. It is not a question that needs an answer, but I will say that it's good to pay attention to the moon, not for any reason in particular. It's just a good thing to do. Um, I actually like that one. I feel... Um It's a it's unique in um, what I usually um, would have been writing lately. It feels a little more specific, and um, and I think there's something something interesting about like uh, trying to knowing yourself but not knowing yourself, and when you think about you know the moon, the sun, the sky, the ocean, these kind of like, you know, larger than life celebrities, <laughs> um, earth celebrities. They're so famous. Um, and you know them, but, but maybe you don't. Um, and I guess you're just, when you look so closely at them, at your own, reflection um you know obviously you know yourself you're so familiar with yourself but if you look and you ask yourself the question of who am i looking at it you can get kind of um it, it becomes confusing and uh i guess you don't want to focus too closely As I look back towards the road, I'm not 
sure I know. I'm not sure I know that guy. Yeah, good. Let's see. Next up, sitting curiously and stubbornly. Sitting curiously and stubbornly in my ego and without it. I'm considering what I can muster. I am considering what is musterable. Enjoy your life in whatever way you can. Do not overeat. The library is open until 8.30 this evening, but my hold still has not come in. I've been checking their website compulsively. I'm waiting for a book by a dead guy to arrive on the shelf. I would like to read the book by the dead guy to see what I can get from it. Earlier today, after I got off the subway, I threw both of my pens in the garbage for no other reason than they were both out of ink. Remembering this, I have taken two other pens from my drawer and put them into my bag in case I need to write anything down tomorrow. The book in question was, in fact, the Philip Larkin poem book that I read from at the beginning of the episode today. I was very excited to get it, um, even though I feel like I've, I don't think I've owned a Philip Larkin book before, but definitely uh, had many chances but for some reason I decided that he was the guy that I needed to read at this moment. Uh, I think it was from talking to my friend Stephen the other week and he just was kind of, you know, talk, he kept kind of bringing him up and I was, and I got in my head a bit. I was like, I gotta research this guy. Um, so it's really exciting to get a new to, to get to read a new book. When you look at the book and you have an idea of what it might be and what's behind it, it's almost, sometimes that's, um, it's so exciting. And sometimes the book will never be what you think it is. It will, it'll surprise you. Um, but the way that it feels from the outside, there's just such a, so much excitement, I think. I'll always kind of be uh, in that that realm of, I guess, uh, I'm such a sucker for it. If I see it like a new book, and I'm, I'll want to, I'll think that there's something in there that will change my life. And it's true though that books really can change your life. So it's not it's not like a snake oil or anything, but I almost feel like a bit of kind of a, a bit of an addict when it comes to, you know, uh, needing, needing to get your hands on a book, even one that, you know, this guy's been dead for a while and <laughs> it's really not, um, it's not very, doesn't matter, um, if you get to read it this moment or in 
if I didn't open this book for another five months, I don't know if my life would change, but it feels so urgent. I get so wrapped up in it. And I think that's, um, I'm a, I'm a bit like that with things. Uh, lately I've been, um, obsessing over camera gear, trying to figure out just the right setup for all the filming we've been doing. And I think what it is, if I zoom out and like, why am I, I'm like, uh, absurdly obsessed with camera gear right now. Like it's stressful. Um, just constantly, okay, what about this lens? And how does that work? And what about this sensor? And you know, what if I get this one? Um, and I think what it is in a lot of ways is, um, my way of getting ready for the baby to arrive. I feel like somehow this is my, uh, my way of, of dealing with that, making sure I have the right camera because, um, it just, it feels like a big shoot day is coming up. Um, and we're kind of in pre-production before, um, before the big the delivery day and we're just trying to get everything together. And I guess there's something about, um, uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe me and Miriam, since we met making films and being in pre-production together, um, we always kind of have like a bit of this, like the, the, beginnings of our relationship are all rooted in, in, um, being on set and making movies and being in pre-production. And, uh, I don't know, I guess getting the right camera gear is such a, can be such a big part of that process that I think I've kind of lost myself in, um, in it with this baby coming up. So it's kind of, it's interesting to watch. I wouldn't have thought that this is where I would have kind of, uh, been but it but it makes sense so anyway i'm getting close i feel like i just gotta swap out one lens and then <laughs> i figured it out but it's good it's fine but i've been really stressed about about it in a in a to my own stress it's not life or death by any means. Um, and I'm, I'm learning a lot too about camera gear, stuff that I neglected in the past to, to fully take on and understand. Okay. Uh, let me have a bit of a, um, a, what I was thinking about when I was reading that last poem were two things. One, for some reason I wanted to bring up that I reading through Philip Lark and stuff, it's like, he capitalizes, and a lot of people do this, um, but capitalizing each line in the poem, even if it's within the same sentence, it's just like new line, capital letter, even if it's like the sentence is cut in half. And that always bothered me because you're in the middle of a sentence. Just because you broke the line, that's like, to me, that's a lot more for the cadence or something, but the new, the capital letter should come 
you know, in a different place. And I don't even, I think I do one capital. I don't even put any real capitals in, which is also kind of cheesy at this point. Um, so I don't know, thinking about capitalization um, seems to be on my mind a bit. There's a tool I've been using online. Uh, it's becoming one of my favorite websites. Uh, it's called uh, capitalizemytitle.com. <laughs> uh, I, I thought on the top it says title capitalization tool. Um, and I've just left the tab open for like weeks now. And uh, whenever I'm, you know, working on a title, for some reason, I'm like, let's start capitalizing titles because I knew it was such a, I wanted everything to be in lowercase. You know, people get like that. It's kind of this weird juvenile, like, I don't know what, what it is, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to move back in. I'm slowly moving back into proper capitalization and, you know, um, May, and I got next thing will be to bring it back into the poems, but doing every line capital like Philip Larkin. Oh my God. For some reason that seems, I think that's a truck, not a smoke alarm. Let me see. Hold on. Okay. It's gone. Um, whatever. Um, capitalization something to think about the other thing for some reason I was wanting to go back to this poem by him and uh, there was just something um, and there's some couple lines in here. Okay, this is it. This is an example of it. There's a few. So it's in the, the second paragraph. Move forward, run my hand around the font. Let me go back to the beginning. Hatless, I take off my cycle clips in, an, in awkward reverence. Move forward, run my hand around the font. From where I stand, the roof looks almost new, cleaned or restored. Someone would know. I don't. That I just wanted to return to that line and just, you know, think about it for a sec. I just thought that that tone felt really kind of colloquial to me. Someone would know. I don't. Um... I like that. I just like the way that, that he wrote that. And then he kind of blends that tone in with, you know, a bit more like high-end poetry sentences. <laughs> um, another one down here. Yet stop I did. In fact, I often do. And always end much at a loss like this. Wondering what to look for. Wondering to. When churches fall completely out of use what we shall turn them into if we shall keep a few cathedrals chronically on show their parchment plate and picks and lock cases and let the rest rent free to rain and sheep that's one sentence and uh it's all broken up and fucked up and i don't even necessarily understand what he's talking about i don't know what 
like with the cathedrals, they're parchment, plate, and picks, PYX, in locked cases. I don't really know what those really are. Um, I'm also a Jew, so, you know, I don't know jack shit about fucking churches. Uh, anyway. Good, good to go on to a senseless tangent as usual. Let's go to the next post. On sale, it's called. It is good to write less. Like a sale at the store. It is good to save. It is good to get more for less. Already I've said too much. Already I've repeated myself. I want to offer you a great deal in reading this poem. But in the end you will see the reason... It is on sale. Um, that's cute. That's good. When you're in, when you're getting a good sale, um, that's you feel you can feel very excited. Uh, the sale of a lifetime. Gotta get it. And I guess when you're reading a, something, you're watching something, you also want to have that same feeling that like you're getting um, a special value. <laughs> Maybe, uh, what's an example? Um... I watched a Nick Cave documentary this week. 20,000 Days on Earth, I think it's called. And I really enjoyed it. I don't know why I haven't seen it until now. Um, and uh, it's really just like a day in his life. It's kind of like the most well-shot vlog of all time. <laughs> and... Uh, just awesome his performances and just him doing um reading a lot of his work just awesome voiceover too i was like voiceover is cool i gotta i want to i want to try to do some voiceover like that in my videos um but i watched it on some website where it's like free to watch you just have to watch ads so i felt like Oh, that's so cool. I get to watch it for free. I don't, that's not a good example. I think I'm reaching with this one. All I'm trying to say is like, how can I offer my work on sale? <laughs> Cause it's nice. I like getting, buying things on sale and I'd like to have my work feel like it's on sale to people like on at a discount, a good value. Like, wow, that was so much for so little. And I guess really just, you know, I post everything for free on YouTube anyway. So I'm basically doing that. Um, whatever. You get the concept. It's not really that. Um, it's not that complicated. But it's good. But it's good. I think one thing that's happening is I've been trying a little harder with these posts and now I'm um, 
I'm noticing that the way that it's kind of something to get used to. It'll be a little different. Um, I think for a while there, I was really able to just like write as dumb things as possible on purpose. Uh, and I think that was, that's the better way to go. As I've said probably a thousand times, but, um, but I'm in, in the weeds a bit. I think I was trying to make them, I don't know, you know, you can probably tell already just by listening. Wait quietly for the bill. We went to eat at a restaurant close to our house. It was great. They had chicken shawarma, hummus, pickles, and all kinds of stuff like that. I was very happy to eat there with my wife. I'm happy to have had the opportunity to eat at a restaurant today. We're very lucky every time we get to sit at a table and look at a menu and order something to eat, to have the money to pay for it, to have the time to sit and take our time and eat the food, to sit and wait quietly for the bill. We brought home a lot of leftovers. I'm looking forward to enjoying them tomorrow. Um, also good, I think, um, I think what's, what strikes me about this one is, um, just the idea of actually like going to a restaurant and having the money, knowing, feeling confident that you're able to pay for the meal and you can afford it. Um, that, that's the luxury. Um, sometimes the opposite happens where you're at a restaurant that is really expensive and maybe it's amazing. The food's great, but, um, you know, you can't stop looking at the price or knowing like, oh, this is a special occasion. That's a different thing. Last night, Miriam's friend took us out to a really nice restaurant. And we ate all kinds of cool stuff. It was like a bone marrow and shrimp taco with um, some kind of sauce that was amazing. I think it was like kind of bright green and, you know, the whole combination. Maybe that was meant for another dish, but I kept putting it on that one. I don't know. There was like a little, like, like a pomegranate oil on like a, this little fish with like a one single pea on it and like a little leaf. It's like this, like, you know, really like designer high-end food. So fun. So tasty. Um, but, and I'm so, like, it was, it was really great. She, she was just treating us to a really nice meal before, um before the baby came and it was really so kind of her uh, and this is Miriam's you know best friend of all time and uh, and really made us feel special and I think it um, it was one of the few times let me say this that 
I, f I can be very critical of, um, you know, spending money to, f to get to happiness, right? It's obvious theme. But this was in this case, I was like, wow, this is like, this is actually a pretty clear, good example of, of like spending money to bring happiness. <laughs> and I think that some of the context is she knows how cheap we are and how conscious we are of getting things on sale or getting these kind of, you know, going to discount grocery stores and all this kind of stuff. And it's like a game to us. So I think for her to like, be like, listen, this is like my gift to you. Like, well, it's almost like I'm doing this for you guys, but also it's going to be really fun for me to, you know, to get the bill here is, is uh, as much as I really want to send her money to pay for it. I feel like that would almost be like a, like a spit in the face because she really wanted to take us out on this meal. Um, and it really brought us a lot of happiness. It was like, wow. And knowing that it was her treat, it just felt like a really generous and kind of joyful thing. So that was good. I think that was good for our, our headspace. Um, and uh, I don't know. It was really fun. We felt like really um, honored, I think. I think that's what it was. Is like she... Um, it's almost like she wanted to like take us for this meal in order to honor the pregnancy and the birth of the of our the the you know our baby's due on literally on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't know if even next week on the podcast um, they're literally I might have a baby in a week. It's uh, it's very possible, and if it's not next week, I might do one more episode. The week after, I'll have a baby. Um, like this is very well could be the last, the, the, this could be my last podcast, um, before I'm a dad new chapter coming soon. This is the, the ending of this section of the podcast for sure. Maybe one more episode, as I said. Um, but, but, but Miriam's friend, you know, she really, I think she wanted to honor that and, uh, it was a really beautiful thing. So this all brings me back to the, well, you know, <laughs> to, um, it's so fun to lose. I think with this episode in particular, I, I think I started off and maybe you could tell and I, I felt like I was really being too straightforward and too matter of fact and too logical. And, uh, as I'm talking and loosening up a bit, I'm making less sense and going on more tangents, but it's so much more fun to do that. This is, this is the thing. It's when you think of making, wanting to make like a good, do a good podcast or make a great video or write something good. It's like, generally, I think the assumption is that it's going to be logical and that it'll make sense and you get the information and, you know, it's really, it's like you, the utility of it, but 
that's not always the fun version. Excuse me. Um, It's way more fun to completely lose track of what you're talking about, go off in random directions, and, um, you know, I feel like those are the best times I've had on uh, recording the show, not not the other. So, you know, it's always fluctuating between the two. Mostly, I think it's on the random end, but today feels I feel a little uptight, and maybe it's because I was reading too much of this, um, too much proper poetry or something uh yeah yeah blame it on philip larkin right that's uh that's how this is <laughs> um it's his fault <laughs> okay anyway when we were at the restaurant this week the just me and miriam we we went out for dinner because Miriam had to get her blood work done just to check her iron levels and pregnancy stuff. And we're like, it was right at six o'clock, the appointment. So we were, we were like, let's just go out for dinner and have fun. And we've been kind of indulging this last week, just be like, it's the last week before the baby. And, uh, and I was like, yes, I can afford this right now. We can order these meals. And, and I feel like we haven't gone out for dinner in a little while. Um, so I was, I was really happy about um, feeling confident that I could afford to pay for that meal. Because sometimes, a lot of the time, I go into a restaurant and I actually feel like I can't. Even if I can, I still feel like I feel cheap and I feel anxious. And I'm like, I don't want to get, I shouldn't get the extra guacamole. I shouldn't get the soda. I just get the most minimal thing, get in, get out, and whatever. That's my usual outlook. And that was what was, and that was, and that's great, really. I I feel so. I my natural state is like to be in that zone. And then on, and then come Saturday, you know, yesterday night when we went out to this crazy meal with the bone marrow and the shrimp and all that, and uh, completely blew us out of the water. There's <laughs> a few moments where I'm like, this is why people want to make money, <laughs> literally. For this reason, you know, the guy sitting next to me is like at the table next to us. He's got the Rolex. He's like the clothes he's wearing. It's just like, I'm like, it's probably the first you're going to wear that outfit today. This is the first time you just bought it. And you're probably going to just throw those clothes in the garbage right after this and get another outfit every day of the week. You know, the woman sitting across from him is completely like, um, like she she's so um she she's been through like a professional hair makeup processing before going out to this this meal like just so designer um uh, it's like this is this is why people want to make a lot of money to eat this kind of food and, and be like this and it's great in a way obviously and uh I don't know. I'm just senselessly reflecting on the difference of <laughs> prices of meals. Let us go to the next post. This is, um, uh, I'm been excited to read this one. 
and um, let's see how it goes. When I was writing earlier this afternoon, I tried to look closely at the belief that I see myself as a weak artist because I do not make that much money or have that big of an audience. I wonder what I have against artists that don't make much money. I wonder what I have against artists that don't have much of an audience. I wonder what I have against myself. There's a discipline that comes along with being an unsuccessful artist. Despite your constant self-criticism, you find a way to keep yourself afloat. You sit with your doubt and you find a way to move forward. Perhaps I see myself as a weak artist because I know that inevitably I cannot prevent myself from dying. Perhaps that is what is beneath the rock. I don't know if I will care much about the art I made when I'm going to die. Instead, I'll care about saying goodbye to my family and my friends. And at the end of the day, I will care about saying goodbye to myself. Try to imagine the conversation you will have with yourself when you are going to die. Try to make art to honor that connection. Try to make art to honor the times that you were there for yourself. Try to accept that it will end and I will do the same. Um, I was really happy to write that. I felt satisfied by writing that that poem. Um, I feel like really this whole episode up until now, I'm just like, I just got to get through the poems to get to this poem. <laughs> um, because it just, I spent a, you know, I've been talking about like spending more time focusing on these, these poems. And uh, I feel like this was the first one in a while where I really sat down and like really was able to get into it. Um, and, uh, and it was useful for me. I feel like it, I wrote this, it stuck with me the next few days. Like I realized something important in, in it. And, uh, you can't write a poem like this every day. I mean, maybe you could, but to me, this was kind of a, you know, one of the better ones and that it, I was really able to like isolate a thought that, that, uh, it's hard to catch in your, your day to day, seeing yourself as a weak artist. That's what it is. It's not a bad, I was like, how do I really see myself? And it's not like a, it's not bad. It took me, and it was like weak. It's like, that's the, that's the word. Um, I also see myself as a strong artist at times. Um, I think in my perseverance maybe or something and just the, you know, how often I've been able to kind of keep it going. Um, but as far as affording to eat at the restaurant we ate at last night, um, you know, that's not, it's not how it works. Um, and I think 
inevitably there's a side of everyone that can't help but wish that it did as much as I like logically and and uh, you know etc logically etc uh, I feel like I want to write that down as the title of the uh, <laughs> the title of this episode logically etc we'll see if I keep that but I just want you to note that um, yeah I don't know as much as that's not it's just a part of it you just I think naturally if you're an artist and you and you, you want to be celebrated you want to be successful and in our world there are there are the more or less objective measurements are popularity and uh, and finances fame and fortune you can't i feel like i've i've it's really hard to separate those two things from from your career in any way right that's just just part of it, it takes a lot of practice to keep yourself focused and grounded and not go off into those those sections and i think um really just try to be in denial of those things and try to just like be above them and pretend you don't it has nothing to do with you and that it's just kind of trivial but it's still there and, and it doesn't really go away you have to reckon with that in some in some form um it's just a part of it i think it's just a part of being a, being a person and being an artist um and so it's good to look at that closely to try to really understand where you're at with it and that, that was helpful for me and then to really try to think about well what's what's the point of it and i think with the you know you, i've heard about this you hear people talk about like wanting to live on through their art or like wanting to like w being worried about what happens when they die, if they'll be forgotten when it comes to making art and music and whatever. And I never really understood that. I was always like, what are you talking about? Like you're dead, you're dead. Great. Burn it all. Who cares? You're dead. But I think what I learned when I was writing this in specific was it's not that I think what that maybe is more so about is that there's a part of me that thinks that somehow if I'm able to make the right, the correct poem, to make the best video, to, you know, whatever it is, then I can cheat death and I can avoid death. It doesn't make sense. But I think there's something there in that you think with enough money and popularity that you will be safe from dying. 
I think that there's uh, a side to everyone that probably thinks that that death is not that maybe there's a way around it and it's a it's a not it's a vain and it's not a good path at all but I think that there's um, I think we can be lured into thinking that I think there's kind of an illusion there we actually think that we'll we won't have to die maybe there's a way around it and I think um, you can hear that you know the Stoic writings that I've not read very much of and the Buddhist writings that I've also not very read very much of but both of them really seem to talk about like remembering you're going to die and and not in like a grim way but in a realistic way like really don't lose sight of that and that's how you can become that's a path to being humble and i think to apply that to your art and to your creative process might actually be really helpful when you get lost in thinking that making a bunch of money and and getting a big audience will solve something i think all it kind of leads to is the fact that you think that that's the magic potion that will save you from having to die one day and i hadn't really seen that as clearly as as i did on thursday when i was sitting and writing so it was a good day <laughs> okay let's do one more this last one is called few things compare I'm enjoying my life sitting here, listening to music on my headphones and drinking a can of pineapple flavored sparkling water. Even when the can is empty and I don't know what song to listen to next, even when my chair is broken and my headphones are broken, I will still find a way to sit and enjoy listening to some music. Regardless of what is going on, it has always been one of the great ways to enjoy life. Few things compare. Um, listening to music is so important. Listening to music has been so important to me um for so long as it is to so many people and i just wanted to uh spend some time thinking about that in uh in that poem and uh i guess just thinking on the themes of the day If you were to look back on your life and think of like the best times, if you really thought about it, I'm talking in the second person. If I really thought about it, 
I would have, I bet many of the best times, I'd say like more than 50% would have been times listening to music in some capacity. Being involved in, even if it's like, in, if it was on in the background or like, you maybe you weren't actively like listening to a song, but it was just kind of playing or it was in the background of a TV show or a movie or, you know, whatever it was, that is such a key to, um, it's, that's the most, um, you know, I think in the beginning of this, today's podcast, I was reading that when I was reading that Philip Larkin book and I felt really like, you know, kind of jaded by the, by a lot of what spirituality and, and religion can be. But I think for many of us, regardless of our status in, in religious beliefs or not, the music's always the entry point. Um, and all the religious stuff I've been involved with in my life, usually there's some music there too. So it's kind of everything. It's kind of the best thing ever in life. Music. It's in any capacity. That's really fun. I'm thinking of how I was kind of introduced to music when I was a kid. Just kind of discovering it and its power and and, and kind of how safe it can make you feel uh, and how excited and I don't know, just everything. And I'll be pretty, pretty excited to introduce our daughter to, to that world um, soon. Thank you um, for being here for today's episode. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens next week. Take care. And um, we'll see you again.